Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? Week four has come to an end. We are getting ready to start up week five, and we are, I at least am looking for a ton of redemption as most of my teams are sitting at one and three. But hey, I got some pretty good news last night with the way Damian Harris looked. Matt, how you doing today? Well, I uh, most of my teams did pretty well, and um, I don't have any winless teams except my work league oh man where uh just the last seven minutes of monday night football uh, since atlanta decided to feature todd Gurley, i got eclipsed i got eclipsed i went into monday night with like a 70 point lead and he had aaron jones mahomes kelsey and Gurley, and i was doing pretty good until atlanta decided that their receiver sucked and that they needed to give the ball only to Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's uh, the crazy thing about mine, too, I guess. That's probably my worst league, and it's so frustrating, right? Because people know that you do the podcast. They know that I do the writing, and so they just assume that like I'm Mr. Know-It-All, and so then they rub it in my face when they beat me. And I, was, I, I posted this in the chat. Uh, we have a group text message thread. And I posted this in there Sunday because I've won one game in which I, which was last week, and I was the highest scoring team out of everybody in the league. The last three weeks, the other three weeks, I've lost where I've played the highest scoring fucking team every single week. And like by the time I look, because I, I try not to look at my scores uh, throughout the day Sunday, I tend to look right around the time the afternoon games are wrapping up going into the Sunday night game. So I can just kind of see where I'm sitting fantasy wise, but I, in the past, I would look at it all throughout the day, and you you know you start getting frustrated. You're like, no, I need this player to start doing better, and then you focus in. I don't, I don't like that. So I like to sit no. back and enjoy football. So I looked at it, and at this point, I was losing. I still had a lot of players left to play, and especially in these last three games that went, I was losing 173 to 60, and I was like, well, fuck this. I'm done. So And it's just one of where he had like Joe Mixon, Odell Beckham Jr., Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and I was just like – why 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 me me every week it kills me because the top five picks that i made in that league uh in order michael thomas chris godwin Cortland sutton jonathan taylor raheem mostert four of those guys are not available and jonathan taylor must have slept with philip with frank reich's wife or something you know because based on the rumors yes that's the only that's the only thing I can come up with. But yeah, and of course, I, I was forced to play Darius Slayton and I was forced to play Russell Gage. So that was probably the worst. If Russell Gage hits his projection of 10 points, which doesn't feel like a lot in PPR, I would have still won. But he gave me uh, a stout four points, um, which was just two points less than Slayton. So it was, yeah, it was a lot. I was yeah. also playing the Rams kicker. You know, I thought, hey, that guy's going to put up some points. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I want to say it's a frustrating season. It's just the past two years, I can't get over the hump in this league. I don't know. Was I won three, not three straight. It was one, then finished second, and then one back to back. And then I'll be honest, I got very arrogant and 
I just felt like I was going to win that third one in a row. I don't know if I've told, I know I've complained about it before with the Tim Patrick thing. That was the year of the Tim Patrick where I had Odell and that was when he had, I can't remember what injury it was, but he missed the week before because of it. But I had enough players that I didn't, it didn't matter to me. But then going into that week, they were talking about how he was going to play. And so I was like, okay, so he had, wasn't Christian McCaffrey? Who was it? Who got hurt? That was a big um, Chiefs player. Do you know it was the the year Hunt? The Hunt did the, ho- the got the not the hotel thing. Something else there was it the hotel thing? He, yeah, he he was. Yeah, and so he, right at the end of the year, released. right, he got yeah. yeah, he got released. And so I went and picked up. Um, it wasn't Damian Williams. I picked up the other one. I yeah, don't remember who um, it was. Was it Spencer Ware? That might have been it, Spencer. Because I thought I it was like, going to be Spencer Ware. And then he picked up Damian Williams. And then I picked up somebody else because he needed a good quarterback. And there was one good quarterback left on the waiver wire. So I dropped my defense and picked that quarter up to, quarterback to block him. Well, me not paying attention, like Friday night, Saturday, news comes out that Odell is going to be out of the game. He smartly dropped everybody on his roster that he was not playing and picked up every single wide receiver. So that I couldn't pick because I didn't have a backup wide receiver. I rarely have a lot of like I go very heavy running backs in this league because everybody grabs running backs. And so I was looking at it and I was like, okay, the best option was Tim Patrick. And I was like, okay, well, I gotta go with it because Odell's out. So I drop Odell, pick up Tim Patrick. And of course, I lose by the point three points, even having Tim Patrick in my lineup. It was oh, could have yeah. I could have had three back back to back to back championships. Couple of things. First of all, that's why Dynasty is infinitely better than redraft because no one's dropping all their bench players in the championship game if they have Dynasty just to get a one year win because you're not dropping all your prospects. That never happens to you. Of course, there's nothing on the wire. So that's a whole other, but nobody could drop everyone to kill somebody like that. That's the funny thing, though, is that I say that, and yet had I just been paying attention, literally the last guy he picked up because he didn't think anything of it, and it was actually the guy that I was targeting was Robbie Anderson. That week he put up 32 points because he had one of those those huge games that he always has in December. So had I just picked him up, put, I would have blown him away, obviously, and yeah. it wouldn't even have been close. And it, it came down to those last two games because that Denver game was on Monday night. And he had Damian Williams, who played Sunday night, who went off in that game. So I was actually leading going into that game, and then Damian Williams put up, it was like 20-plus points, and that's when he jumped me to go ahead by like six-something points. And, of course, Tim Patrick gets five, and then it was right on that final drive. I was like, all he needs is one catch because it's .5 PPR. I need one catch. And Case Keenum throws it across the middle right to Tim Patrick. And the, the Raiders linebacker was right there and picked it off. And, oh, man, I was cussing, throwing shit. As soon as that happens, everybody's blowing the chat up because all I was doing that year was talking all kinds of shit, how I'm about to go a three-peat on y'all and I'm going to retire because I don't fucking need this crap league anymore. And then that happened. So it was embarrassing. And now well, I can't even only, make the playoffs. The only good thing about the position I'm in, I was so bad to start because of injuries. Hey, Phil, is uh, – I have the best waiver claim because we have waivers that resets each week to inverse of standings. And yeah, I am, t- I am 12th out of 12 teams uh, and somebody dropped AJ Brown. So well, I can tell yeah, you who's yeah. going to soon be on my team, AJ Brown. And then hopefully Michael Thomas comes back to life and Chris Godwin yeah. and Raheem Mostert are healed. And then I've got Jonathan. Uh, then I've got Jonathan Taylor, Mike Davis, Tyler Boyd, Godwin, Thomas, Mark Andrews, and uh, AJ Brown. Then I think it's conceivable I could win seven or eight yeah. games and make it into the playoffs. And then, but it is we were making jokes because the two of us that kind of know, two of the three of us that kind of know fantasy football the best, and we're both named yeah. Matt, are both zero and four. Yeah, it's so commiserate. <laughs> I have to write that I am the league manager for, and so I write these yeah. colorful re- recaps every week yeah. on Tuesdays. So I started before the recap. I'm like, it was a great week for fantasy football as long as your name wasn't Matt. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm I'm one in three, and I'm, I'm I'm the 11th place team right now, and I'm not. And I feel like I have a good team, and that's what drives me insane. Is like I left the draft. I'm like, okay, this team's not great, but it's good. And then I picked up a couple players off the waiver. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I've got a good team. And it just every week 
people are putting up 200. One, it's like 170 to 200 is the average score against me. I'm like, I've got no shot. Like, what? I can't. I don't know what I did to piss off the fantasy gods, but they've they, they've just had it out for me the past year and a half, and it's not been fun. One of the guys I do have on my team, though, and I mentioned it yesterday before the game started, I was hoping he would have a good game, was Damian Harris. He was active and played for the Patriots in their loss to the Chiefs, 26-10. to 10. Jared Stidham, just two points. Uh, Brian Hoyer, the destroyer, started this game. They ended up bringing Stidham in. Damian Harris gets 10, James White 12, Nikhil Harry 11, and Demir Bird 13. What was your thoughts on Damian Harris last night? I said I wanted him to have a good game because I was hoping that they will give him some kind of role at his New England, so it's probably not going to happen now for another two more weeks. But what were your thoughts overall on Damian Harris and and the New England uh, Patriots? Yeah, I mean, I I thought he looked good when he was uh, running. Um, You know, he got a lot of the carries early, but then later it seemed like they kind of swung to Burkhead and White. Yeah. White actually ends up with a little bit of a better fantasy day, but still got to be kind of um, encouraging. They're always going to use a committee. Uh, I definitely have questions about what would happen, um, you know, when Sony Michelle is back. But, you know, he, he's probably – he's out at least three weeks. Three weeks. And, yeah. and does that count – Last night's game says, so uh, yeah, it's three games is all that is what they have to miss. So, so technically he's going to miss at two least two, at least two more games. You know, I'll be curious to see what the rotation is when they come back. Um, but it made sense. They, <laughs> the other, the other question is what is it like when cam comes back? Cause I felt like they were heavily featuring the run game, which I thought they were going to do. Because if Brian Hoyer is your quarterback on short notice against Kansas City, you're going to try to run and chew up the clock. And that strategy worked really well in the first half, except for that Hoyer kind of killed him. That that sack he took to end the half was so yeah. brutal. Um, so, you know, then the game kind of got out of hand. Is that why we didn't see Harris in there more? I was encouraged by what I saw, but – I guess part of it's just because it's the Patriots. I got to see it a little bit more before I start feeling confident. But I, I thought he had some some nice runs. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you, and I, I do think part of the reason he that James White ended up having the better game was because they went down. I, I do think that if you're a Harris owner like I am. You're going to have to hope that the Patriots are are winning the game or leading. I think that's when Harris is going to get most of his run. Um, again, he is in a committee backfield with Burkhead and White. I, I would almost say I'm not really worried about Michelle. I mean, he had the one good game that he ran kind of good, but outside of that, we haven't seen it in almost two years now. I kind of feel like they put him on the IR as and to activate Harris in a way of just to kind of get him off the roster for right now to see what they had in Harris because I don't remember them talking about Michelle being injured at all and then he just has this mysterious injury pop up. But it is still a little worrisome because he is on the Patriots and like I said, we could very easily see the Patriots up next week in their game, but then they're using Rex Burkhead and Damian Harris only gets three carries for like 15 yards and that's all you see out of them. So. You got to use him with caution, but I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw from him last night. I, I do think he looked really good, and I, if Bill eventually or Ed decides to ever kind of go back to that bell cow approach, like he used Sony Michelle for for a little bit of time there, three or four years ago. Now it seems like uh, I, I do think Harris could be a, a great deal, and he's available on waiver wires as well as we will get to. Uh, on the Chiefs side here. Mahomes, 20 points, CEH, 12, Tyreek Hill, 16, McCole Hardman, 12, and Kelsey, 10. The Chiefs are good. Those are kind of the guys we told you to start. I am pleasantly surprised with Hardman putting in at least another decent week again here. We kind of talked about it last week that I think he's probably more of a 2021 play once Sammy Watkins is off the roster. There's two weeks in a row that he's put up some good points, and this especially against a good defense in New England who – really kind of stymied this whole offense the entire first half. So I was I was kind of surprised and pleasantly surprised that Hardman kind of got involved there uh, for the end. Yeah, and they got Sammy involved uh, too. He was catching some passes. I didn't put him on there because he didn't have enough. He didn't get the touchdown, so he didn't get up into double digits. But they were both uh, kind of involved, you know, and then Hill has obviously the big touchdown play. Um, and it, it did, you know, we wondered yesterday – 
you know, Bill tries to take away your best player. Best player is really Mahomes. How are they going to do that? I think they effectively in the first half kind of did that. If they had gotten a little better performance from their offense, it would have been interesting to see what happened. But it really looked like in terms of receivers, they were kind of focusing on trying to blanket out Kelsey. Yeah. The second game last night was the Packers and the Falcons. The Packers pulling the win here 32-16. On Atlanta's side, Matt Ryan, just 12 points, which I'm not going to lie, kind of glad because I needed him to not do great last night to end up winning my home dynasty league. Gurley, 19 points. Julio Jones, 7. Calvin Ridley, the big fat 0. Russell Gage for the original odds, 16.6. And Hurst, 9 points. How long... Are they holding on to Dan Quinn? Uh, I mean, I kind of feel like it's I, – I like Dan Quinn. I almost feel like he should have been going after the Dallas game with the way that ended, but they hold mm-hmm. on to him. There's a lot of talk that Arthur Blank is not someone who likes to make quick changes like that, and when you think about it, we haven't actually seen the Falcons fire a lot of coaches in season. They usually do wait till the end of the year. So do you think he's going to do that with Quinn too, even with this team? Because I'm going to also say I don't even think it's all just the defense. This offense did not look good last night either. And Green Bay's defense is good, but they're not world beaters. So uh, what I'm trying to – I'm going to look real quick and see when their bye week is. Uh, Looks like their bye week – Say Thursday night that day. So it looks like their bye week is November 15th, which I don't know what. Uh, week 11, I believe. Week week 10 or 11, because the Browns, I think, is December 11, 3, I think. Yeah, wait, so and there's this week I, 9. I, so. I can count it. 5, 6, 7, 8. This is great audio. 9. I know. It's week, so they have a week 10 bye. Um, I wouldn't be surprised you know a lot of teams when they're going to make that in-season coaching change look to do it like around a bye week so you have some time to adjust i know what you're saying about giving him a full season here would be my sort of sort of nightmare if i was a fan if dan quinn had gotten let go at the bye week last year it would have been totally understandable that team was one and eight yeah they came, they came, or the one in seven, something like that. I think it was one in eight. They came back in the second half, and he went six and one. Mm-hmm. And it was good enough for them to be like, oh, you know, they got the team turned around. They caught fire. What if that happens again? You know, when you go full season, yeah. thing, weird things happen. To me, the most alarming thing is he's supposed to be a defensive guy and their defense looked lost. Like there, they highlighted one of the plays on Monday night football. That was a fourth down play for the Packers and they hit um, MVS who was wide open, but Brian Greasy also circled the other two receivers in the package who were also wide open and his like, kind of, I don't want to say anything negative, but I've got to point this out is usually you don't have this plethora of options to throw to on fourth down. Yeah which was a nice way of saying they didn't cover anyone. Yeah. And, you know, they got like that, that third touchdown to Robert Tanyan, the guy was beaten so bad. He tackled the receiver who popped up and caught a touchdown. That's when you know your defense isn't very good. And their offense the last few weeks has been lifeless. Uh, you know, if I owned Julio Jones, I definitely am fading and waiting. I think a re-injuring of a hamstring injury that he had before the season started and the way he went out, that's concerning. I don't know what's going on with Ridley because he was out there and they yeah. didn't seem to say it was an injury hampering him. He just wasn't getting thrown to. Neither was Gage. I mean, what was the offensive plan exactly there last night? Was it just the coverage? Is Jair Alexander just taking Ridley away? I mean – I mean, he's pretty good, but we've seen other receivers who have really had been going into that game, the yardage leader, and had looked really good. And he had done it against some some tougher corners. We just haven't – I mean, I can understand a bad game, but like a zero game, it didn't even look like they were looking for him. It doesn't 
they just don't look like a functional team. So, you know, we've gone through most of this early part of the season talking about how bad Adam Gase is and that he was going to be the first one fired. He might be the third one fired or the fourth one fired. I mean, there's to me, you know, Houston, it made sense when I wrote the, my Monday column in the morning, I was talking about Houston. It was time to panic and they, they obviously agreed and they made a change. Atlanta, I understand Blank's hesitation, but if if I'm looking at this, you know, you got to do something because they last night they, you know, they've lost, but last night they look lifeless at times. Yeah. So for, for me, obviously, I, I'm with you on the zero part. Like the fact that he did nothing was surprising to me, but I know he was on the injury report for something. I don't remember what Ankle it was earlier. So I don't know if that hampered him some. I didn't watch the entire game. I think I watched till about there was like eight minutes left in the third quarter before I finally kind of turned it off and, and tried to go to sleep. So from what I was watching, Jair Alexander was definitely covering him a lot more, especially with the way Julio just did not look healthy at all. And I think that kind of explains why he was look, he played the way that it ended up coming out of the game anyways. But even he got four passes for 32 yards. So Yeah. The the one thing I think when you look at it now, we talk about how Radley Radley Ridley had such a good start to the season. He played the Seahawks and the Cowboys, who were also now starting to realize their defenses are not quite as good as we thought they were with the way that other teams have been able to throw up them. Now they did play the Bears, and the Bears have a good secondary, and he got he put up 110 yards. So he's got that one good defense that he put something up against, but I don't think they have really a cover cornerback like Jair Alexander. I may not be thinking of him off the top of my head, but I'm trying to think of, I know they've got Adrian Amos, but I don't think he's a cover corner like Jair is. So that may be like, I'm not panicking on Ridley at all. I do think it was just a matchup thing. He's shown, obviously he can be really Mm -hmm. good, but I think going into the year, if you would have said going into this game, you'd be like, Oh, Ridley's an absolute stud. But if you go back and look, it may have been more of the matchups in that Seattle hasn't been able to stop the pass. Dallas, I mean, my God, they couldn't stop me and you out there playing right now. Like, it's bad. And and the Bears, again, I will give him props on the Bears. 110 yards on a good Bears defense is a good game like that. He did definitely have a good game against the Bears. But, I mean... They get the Panthers next week. That's probably a get-right game for him. So you're not panicking on Ridley. Julio is the guy I'm more worried about. I, I just mm-hmm. – every year the past couple of years he's been dealing with these injuries. And, I mean, when he's healthy, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the league. But you just don't know when he's going to be fully healthy. You know, um, you can't sell him right now. If you sell him, you're getting 10 cents on the dollar because he just hasn't looked that great. So at this point, I think it's one of those mm-hmm. – you have to hold them and probably put them in your lineup because you don't have anybody better, but it's it's not going to be easy for you the next couple of weeks. And again, they do get the Panthers, which is not a very good defense either, but I mean, in, until I know that he's fully healthy, I think it's hard to kind of trust Julio. And that's why this the people that win in fantasy this year are going to be the ones that are the best able to pivot and have good luck because I went through a list uh, when I was looking at it yesterday, but you know, if you're talking about Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Nick Chubb now, Austin Eckler, Cortland Sutton. These are guys that were all going in like the first and second round or maybe even the first, second and third rounds. A lot of the premier first round picks have gone down and guys you thought were going to be stable and reliable, even like Josh Jacobs who have under – underperformed all these guys who've been just completely unavailable. You know, we've seen this a lot with running back, but to me, this is the first year I can remember where you're seeing almost all the big name premier wide receivers, AJ Brown, another one's been, you know, basically completely unavailable. Yep. Just, it's been pretty savage. And between that and, you know, some guys that just can't get going or their teams can't get going, you know, or have Trubisky as their quarterback, you're, it's, it's going to be a year where you, you have to have great luck and you have to you have to pivot. If you drafted a team that has Dak and Kamara, you've probably been loving this oh. first four weeks. If you drafted yeah. Christian McCarthy at or Christian McCaffrey and got Lamar Jackson, you're probably on four. Well, yeah. So that that's the funny thing in my the work league that we were just talking about. The guy the guy who's in first place right now, he's a good guy. He's not very good at fantasy, but. 
His team consists of Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. So he has been blowing people out the past couple weeks just based on those two alone. He had um, Travis Kelsey was the tight end who I, I know last week he did last night he did ten points, but I think the week before he didn't have a great game. But then he was he's been solid weeks one and two. So the other guys in second place drafted Calvin Ridley in like the seventh round. Well, Calvin mm. Ridley's been on absolute fire the past couple weeks, but his his running back was. Alvin Kamara, so he didn't suffer that huge injury like a bunch of us has. So, yeah, it's – and the worst part about it is there's not – outside of Mike Davis, nobody has really stepped up and kind of filled in a role outside of him. So, if you didn't even get Mike Davis off the waivers, it's just been a – even if you drafted good, in my opinion, depth-wise out of the draft, none of those guys are putting up some of the points you need from a Michael Thomas and Barkley to keep you in contention. So, it's just been a – yeah, it's going to be one of those crazy weird years. doesn't matter – I think this is one of those years where it doesn't really matter how good you are. It's going to come more into luck based on injuries. If you luck out and not losing a lot of players to injury, you're probably going to be at least in the running most of the year. And you can get in, you know, if you have guys that aren't gone full year, like, you know, we've we've talked about some of these, we're getting closer to McCaffrey coming back, uh, Michael Thomas coming back, uh, Adams. If you were able to pivot and you're able to play waivers aggressively and make the most of having, you know, maybe top claims, that'll help you out a little bit too. Um, but that's kind of kind of where we're at. This is every year is challenging. This year is doubly challenging. And then you have the random, uh, you know, as we had this week, where you could end up with a COVID week, you know, that knocks out Derrick Henry, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, guys who are actually healthy enough to play and have been producing, but just get removed from the board. And now we're rolling into bye weeks. I mean, this is probably going to be the most, the to me, the key word for everything about this fantasy season is flexibility, you know, flexibility yeah. for commissioners. I saw a lot of people, Oh, my commissioner said, I, I'm not going to visit any rules. I'm not going to do anything special. You decide to play who you play. For all my leagues, I thank God Kansas City and New England were able to play because I oh, allowed yeah. people to designate backups, and I probably would have yeah. spent the rest of my life making subs in all the leagues where I'm commissioner. But you got to do that. I mean, yeah. it's supposed to be about fun, but we got to be flexible. we got to roll with the never-ending series of punches. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing in all mine. I, I posted it actually on Thursday when we got the news that morning that Tennessee, or they hadn't, I don't think, officially postponed at that point. There was like, oh, hey, it's going to be either Monday or Tuesday, but it might be postponed. And so I was like, okay, look, you can start them. And if the game does end up getting postponed, if as long as you give me your backup player by the time kickoff is Sunday morning, I will put those players in for you. We'll be good to go. Then it got postponed. Then the Chiefs news happened. I was like, look, same thing. And that's just how we're going to roll. The only time that won't happen, if we get to a week where three or four teams or three or four games are canceled because of COVID, at that point, it's just going to be one of those things where you're going to all expand benches and you pick up waiver wire people and you're going to have to play who you've got because at that point, we're all in that bus. I mean, if you've got three or four games canceled, that's – Six to eight teams, ain't none of us playing a bunch of studs this I mean, week. You're just gonna have to figure it out. I loved what our uh, what our friend Nick did on Twitter. He said between all the injuries and all the games that may not play, post the saddest lineup that you have to actually set, and the one with the yeah. saddest gets a free copy of the Defy Report. Because I mean, that's we're all in this you know bus together. I lost one league where I was undefeated because Adams didn't play, and I had to play uh, Rex Burkhead. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Um, I think it, it depends on your league, Phil. I was actually a lot of people asked me about that last week. A couple other commissioners that play in some of the leagues that I'm in. Um, what I did to start off the season was three. I did three designated COVID IR spots. That hey, if you something like that happens, if a game gets canceled or if a player gets COVID, you can put them on there. But this is a um, it's a 12 team. Uh, we have 16 roster spots in this. So, I mean, that I, that's, I felt like three was kind of fair. If you have shallower benches, I might up that a little bit more like one that I'm in. We only have four bench spots and we start 11 players. So it's 15. I was like, Hey, I would do three or four. I'm sorry. We, we start 12 and we have six bench spots. We're staying like 18 uh, in that other one. It, it all, I think depends on your, what kind of league you're playing in and, and your roster size on what I would do for IR spots. And I would make sure your league votes on that as well. That's not something I would just make a decision. I would get their opinions in it as well, because 
a lot of people do get a little upset if you just go changing rules in the middle of the season, even with the season that we're in. You know, and I will say one of the most frustrating things uh, to me, especially with the number of leagues that I have that are actually dynasties on ESPN where we drafted during the summer, yeah. they, they've they talked big time about being flexible for COVID, and it took them a, a long time to designate some of those COVID players as yeah. available for IR at first. They've been more responsive now. The one thing they've consistently not fixed is you can't add IR spots. And you can only – I think there's like max cap on there for IR spots. And for, for a year like this, you know, if you were in a league that wanted – you know, that had deeper benches but didn't want you stashing a bunch of people and had like one IR spot and now you have all these injuries and it's dynasty and you have all this COVID stuff and we physically can't add any, it's just yeah. – Annoying. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I don't, I know, I don't play in a lot of ESPN ones, but I know one of the ones that I do play, and that's what the commissioner was saying. He was having a lot of issues with some of that stuff. And that's another reason why I know you, you're not a big fan of MFL. I like MFL. You can change anything at any point in time as commissioner. You can on Sleeper, matter. too. Uh, you know, Sleeper, know. We, added, we added them post-draft. What's, what's Sleeper but, again? What is, I don't, I've never heard of this site. It's it's don't take away my victory over you because I was <laughs> I 0 3 and you were like 0 I 3. I still haven't it was, looked at it yet. It was, it was Jets Broncos and hey, I, I bright reppened you. <laughs> uh, I really need to pay more attention to my sleeper leagues. I just don't like, I already got, um, I got like three messages on here and I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't pay enough attention, unfortunately. It's probably not a good thing. Like, I just see that someone mentioned uh, that Dennis mentioned a mess me in a message, or all of us, three days ago. I still I, I looked at it. I'm in a couple fly-by-night quarantine leagues with just three. Yeah, I mean, I do think three is, is kind of fair. I really don't think we – I shouldn't say I think. I hope that we don't see a lot of other – teams go through this it really seems like it's been very limited in the amount of players that have gotten exposed and tennessee seems to kind of be the outlier almost like miami and st louis were on the baseball side i mean you have 30 teams in baseball and only two teams went through like those really lengthy quarantine times because a bunch of players got it and it seems like that's just going to be tennessee and that's what i'm kind of hoping it'll just be i mean the patriots all tested negative after cam newton same thing with the chiefs and jordan tamu so I'm hoping that it kind of sticks that way. So, yeah, probably the 87 leagues. I just don't like sleeper, man. It's hard for me to pay attention to leagues. I don't like I even check my NFL one and I'm not even that big of an NFL fan either. I don't like their fantasy, but I just I don't know. I can't get on the sleeper. It annoys me. I need to find someone to take over as the commissioner of a couple of my leagues so I can stop messing with it because it frustrates the hell out of me. Anyways, uh, well, who did we not talk about? The Packers. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, 29 points in this one. Aaron Jones, 22. Jamal Williams, 18. MVS, thank God he had those 8.5. I only needed a couple from him. Got me my first win in the Scott Fishbowl, which I've appreciated. I also oh. held on in Scott Fishbowl. So. Congratulations. Both, both off the schneid now. I'm, I'm going to lose the rest of the year, but I just wanted to get that one win. Uh, and then, of course, Bobby Tanyan, 33 points. Let's save the discussion on him because he is one of the, the waiver wire guys here. Um, any other thoughts going to this? Obviously, I would assume we're going to get Aaron Jones back in week six. They have a buy in week five. Um, so I actually think that I'm not sold on Jamal Williams now. I think maybe the reason he got so involved in the passing game was just because of their lack of weapons in the receiving game last night. Yeah, I mean, they've been using them. It was, it was such throwback. Uh, football. They used all four of their running backs. They used three different tight ends. It was uh, it was something to behold. Um, but yeah, hopefully Adams comes back, uh, and hopefully he you know he looks good and he's able to produce. I wouldn't be so surprised if they continue. I think they'll use Tanyan. Um, uh, they seem to found a groove there. But I think they they were using Williams and Tyler Irvin a lot split out wide and Lazard's still not coming back. Clearly the other receivers they have behind uh, MVS are not exactly vibing with Aaron. He didn't seem to be looking for them or, you know, and they had a couple of formations where they had two or th- I think they said it was the, the Packers ran more plays with three running backs on the field last night than any other team has run all season combined, you know? So, 
they they like their running backs. They're getting them involved, and they can use you know Williams, Irvin, Jones. They work really well out there as receivers too. So I think uh, I wouldn't be so surprised if the way they fill in for Lazard isn't a combination of more to the tight ends and more to the running backs. Yeah, I wish I would have gone all in on Tanya and Scott Fishball. I decided to go the Drew Sample route, and that's going to cost me, I think, because he uh, he did not look good. I, but I needed someone to play for Kittle, and Kittle coming back is what I think has hurt my team the most. I took him in the second round, and I've not had him. Obviously, Mark Ingram hasn't helped me out much either, who I was relying on. I mean, outside of that, I've been competitive, but it's been the fact that I haven't had Kittle and Mark Ingram has sucked, that my team is just – I'm not – I'm not getting blown out every week, but I'm just, I'm right there. And I I just haven't had enough points to kind of push me over the edge. So it's been very frustrating, but let's look at the waiver wire here. Quarterbacks. If you need one, there's really only three that stood out to me. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's still 28% of uh, only uh, on 28% of rosters, Gardner Minshew 45 and Justin Herbert is still 11, which is outstanding. Just astonishing to me because I think Herbert has been phenomenal for fantasy. For me, it'd be Herbert Minshew Fitz. It'd be in the opposite order of that I read them. I still, I'm almost, I know, I don't even think Fitz is going to hold the job much longer. So for me, Herbert has looked amazing against three good defenses as well and put up a ton of fantasy points. Why he is not owned in more leagues is beyond me. So I'm guessing he, is not rostered more because people are not convinced he keeps the job when Tyrod comes back. I yeah. just don't feel like they can go back. So for me, it would be Herbert Minshew Tua. Um, I am with you. I am not going and actively gra- unless you, you know, let's say you drafted Rogers and Stafford because you didn't realize they have the same bye week and you just have to have somebody play this week and there's no options. Okay. Then, then Fitzmagic's likely going this week. But when you're to the stage we are now where they're just confirming whether he's going to start week to week, it's not long. And there's a lot of pressure. You know, if Miami doesn't win this week, which I don't think they're favored. I can't remember who they're playing right off the top of my head. But I don't remember it being an obviously great matchup. You know, you get to one one and four, you're starting to slide out of it. Uh, plus the pressure of seeing Herbert in there tearing it up and seeing Joe Burrow doing well, you know, I I think Tua's time is coming. Uh, no, they are playing the San Francisco 49ers at San Francisco. They are eight-point dogs right now. Yeah. Just by the way, this afternoon slate for week five, let's go. Might actually have some good football. I mean, that game does not look that appeasing, but – Colts, Browns, Giants, Cowboys, Broncos, Patriots. That's not a bad afternoon slate right there. Might actually have some good games in there. Locke might be back too. I hope so because he's one of my quarterbacks in Scott Fishbowl, and I the need real, him. The real question for me is I was pretty sure based on where he got the positive test that Newton was gone for week four and five. But last night they seemed to be talking about him probably being back in there for week five. So I'm kind yeah, of is it's not so NFL is doing it different than college. That's the way that I think college should do it too, but like or not all college, like Big Ten, Big Ten's being stupid about it, but they've been stupid about everything so far. In in the Big Ten football, if you test positive, you are out 14 days regardless. Doesn't matter. You're out 14 days. NFL, as long as you get two negative tests within 48 hours of each other, you're good to go. So all he has to do is get two negative tests within a 48-hour span between now and I would assume Saturday because I think if he gets two negative tests on Saturday, they're going to let him play Sunday. So I I don't – because he can still do the Zoom meetings on the offense and all that stuff. He can't be in the building, can't do walkthroughs, but it's Cam Newton. We're not talking about a rookie yeah. here. So I think as oh. long as he gets those two negatives. And even Cam without practice can't be much worse than what we saw from Hoyer at times yeah, last very night. Very true. Very true. I think Cam without practice and only throwing with his left hand will be better than what we saw last night. So I almost thought they should have just put Julian Edelman in there last time. He was the college quarterback. He, might, he probably <laughs> would have done better than Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham. So – 
Yeah. Running backs. Uh, this one's a little bit interesting to me because there's a couple guys on here. Um, so I'm just kind of going based off the top guys. Uh, Kelly, I only put him on there. He is 50% rostered, 56% rostered. So chances are he's not available. But if he is, he would be my top waiver guy because we know Austin Eckler is going to be out for a while. The other running yeah, backs. They, they uh, clarified that. I know we, we hadn't seen a report Wayne did yesterday. The report last night was four to six weeks. So got pretty much the same as you were thinking of as yeah. Chubb. Yeah, and I mean, with that kind of, with the hamstring, with the fact that he was already in a boot and on crutches, I would lean more toward the six weeks. Like, I, I don't, yeah. I hate to say it this way, because I, I love Herbert, obviously. I'm going to, Chargers are kind of a team I'm rooting for just because of how much I like Herbert. You're not going anywhere this year, so there's really no reason to rush Eckler back onto the field and possibly make it worse. So you just kind of take your time, get back. Uh, that does bring us to Justin Jackson as well, who got a little bit of run last week. He is uh, rostered in 8% of leagues. You have Jamal Williams, who had the big game last night, 14%. Dearness Johnson, who is at zero. LaMichael Ryan, who I've talked about the past couple weeks, they did cut Caitlin Balazs today, which I think speaks more to we got Le'Veon Bell is coming back. And I think Piron is probably going to be the guy behind him with as bad as Frank Gore has looked these past couple of weeks. And then you've got Damian Harris, who obviously as well came back last night, had the big game, 15% rostered. Uh, looking at those guys, uh, obviously I know you, Kelly is number one for you as well. How would you kind of order the rest of those guys in, in order that you would want? Um, so I actually can't see them in, uh, in the private chat. Yeah. Yeah, anything you put in there before I came in there is not showing. Oh, okay. I, so I'll I, read the I'll read the list to you again. So you got Jamal Williams, or I guess I can retype it. I did not know that. My bad. I was just typing it while I was waiting. So you got Kelly, uh, Justin Jackson. Those are probably the top two uh, for me in that order, just because I still think they're going to end up splitting. Um, yeah. So. And then Damian Harris, I, I like the idea of Damian Harris. Jamal Williams, I'm waiting because he's on bye this week. And like you said, let's see what some of the injury reports and stuff are. Johnson isn't a bad pickup and hold, as we talked about, but Hunt's going to be the primary guy there. And, you know, they have a better – arguably they're going to face a better, much better defense this week in the yes, Colts. So, sure. you know, they may not be – running for 300 yards, in which case does does Johnson really have the enough carries and volume to get to 70 or 80 yards to get a touchdown? Um, you would figure, especially if it ends up being close, Hunt's going to be the guy in there because, you know, they won't be in so much blowout territory, which for as close as Dallas's game got, they were, you know, when it was 41 to 14, why are you running Hunt out there when he's your only big running back left and he's got a groin injury? So you're kind of waiting, barring a setback, you know, I think that's where I'd be. So probably Kelly's probably owned, especially we, we have a lot of people here who are in dynasty leagues. If, if Kelly's yeah. not on, I'd be shocked. Jackson may have been set free uh, by a lot of people because of how rough he started the season and, what Kelly has looked like. So that might be a guy to go get. I would think Damian Harris is probably widely owned in dynasty leagues, yeah. but in redraft, you can probably go snag him. He seems to have a good path to playing. So Jackson and Harris, probably a pretty big gap for me between the rest. Yeah. I, I'm with you on Jamal Williams. I'm waiting and I kind of feel like I'd just rather have somebody else take him. I, I just don't see, he wasn't as involved the past couple of weeks. And I really think the reason he was so big last night was because they were Lazard out Adams out. I, I'm not as sold on Williams P Ryan. Again, he's the guy I'm taking a lat like as the last guy that I can get. If you can't get any of the other guys, just cause I do think he eventually gets a spot, but bell coming back. I want to see what Bell even does because Bell did not look good in that first game either before he got hurt. And the Jets don't look good, period. I mean, they yeah. didn't uh, they, I mean, yeah. not, they didn't produce much running in any of their games. Yeah, the, the only yeah. thing I would think is going to help their running backs is now Sam Darnold is not going to start. So you've got Joe Flacco out there, which uh, – Oh, mean, Darnold's hurt again? Oh, no, 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 no. He's not hurt. Gase has decided he's not starting him anymore. He's starting Joe Flacco. That news came out this morning. Yeah. I retweeted yeah. it. It was like, and Bill O'Brien got fired first. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Um, for me, I, I am a little bit more bullish on, on Dearness Johnson. Now, he would still be behind Kelly and Harris for me. The reason I like Johnson is I, I'm going to lean more toward what the Browns did in week one. Uh, they were getting blown. They weren't getting blown out to begin with earlier on in the game against Baltimore, and they were using Hunt a lot more. I actually think that with Chubb gone, everybody just thinks Hunt's going to come in and play the Chubb role. I don't think that's going to happen because they're two different backs. Chubb and Hunt do not play the same way. Johnson actually plays like Nick Chubb. I think their Hunt is going to be out there for 65 to 70% of the time, but Stefanski likes using two backs, so you're going to see Johnson out there a lot more than you would think. He won't be out there as much as we saw in the Cowboys game because, as Matt just mentioned, they were up big in that third quarter. They were letting Johnson and Hilliard, who's their fourth running back, get in there and just get a lot of run to try and save Hunt a little bit. But I do think Johnson will get a lot of run. He looked really good. I understand Dallas' defense is not great, but he looked really good in that game. He'd be a guy that if Kelly and Harris go, I would take a stab at him, even especially if you own Nick Chubb, because I do think Johnson, with the way that I think they'll use him, could get you a solid seven to possibly ten points if he scores you, especially if he scores you a touchdown, he's going to come through for you. Um, I just looked at the injury report. Sam Darnold has a sprained AC joint in his throwing arm. Ah, interesting. See, I don't right. when- said He said he hopes. He had hoped to play, but yeah, I do remember he got hurt and pulled out. Uh, yeah, I would be. I mean, honestly, yeah. Rapport says he has a sprained AC joint. It's too early to tell what how much time he'll miss. Interesting. Well, yeah, because I know we'll see. I didn't. I didn't watch the Jets much of the Jets Broncos game as we talked about, so I didn't know that he got hurt. I saw the or I saw the play I, yeah. where he got. But I didn't know for because they. I know he came back into the game, and I did see a lot of people tweeting about that. Once that news came out that Flacco was going to start, everybody's like, "Then why did you put Darnold back in the game if he was hurt?" But I, I didn't really think. I just thought it was more of Gase being Gase. So yeah, um, well, it is what I mean, it is, I guess at this point, honestly, I a don't know why you if Gase if he was making that decision based on play why he thinks Flacco would be better, but I also don't know why why they would keep him. You yeah. know, I would think ah. that would be enough for for them to be like, no, nope, he's definitely gone right now. Well, I mean, you got to remember, just a couple weeks ago, Willie Johnson, the co-owner, right? His brother, I think, yeah. is the owner, and he's like, he came out and talked about how great of an offensive mind Adam Gase is. He just hasn't had time to institute his offense. So, you know, not a, not necessarily the damning comments we all thought when we heard uh, he was going to start talking about Adam Gase. But, yeah, like I said, uh, Johnson, I'm a little bit higher on, but he's not a guy. I, I, it's Kelly, Damian Harris easily for me out of those. And then Johnson... He's a guy I have Chubb in a bunch of places. I am going to try and grab him because I do think he's got some sneaky upside just based on the Browns right now run the ball 72% of the time. That is the highest in the NFL. They're going to run the ball a lot, and I don't – even when they use Nick Chubb, and I understand Johnson is not on Chubb and Hunt's level, but uh, the way that they've used that, and even when he had when he was in uh, Minnesota with Gary Kubiak, they would bring Alexander Madison out there a lot, spelling Dalvin Cook, who is a much better back uh, than Madison, and give him a lot of runs. So I think Johnson does have some upside, uh, especially if you can't get one of those two uh, top guys, who I imagine are going to be probably two of the top three options off the waiver wire this week. Yeah, so I finally found the the piece about – Darnold, just to clarify, it says Darnold is urging the team to let him play, but there's sentiment in the organization such a move would be deemed reckless because of his shoulder injury. Forcing him to sit out following a 10-day rest would also allow him more time ahead of the Week 6 match against the Chargers. So, Gase sucks, but maybe not quite as much as you're worried about. All right, so on the, the wide receiver side, um, you've got Scotty Miller, who's rostered 16%, T. Higgins, who's rostered at 34%, Hunter Renfro, 36%, LaVisca Chenault, 27 
uh, and Zach Pascal at four, and Christian Kirk, who I was surprised to see on this list, only 34%. Now, granted, he has not been good, so maybe that's why, but those are kind of the top guys sitting out on the waiver wires. If you had to go after one guy, I know who it is for me. Uh, it's a big separation, in my opinion, too, and that's T. Higgins. Outside of him, I'm not thrilled with any of these guys, but how would you attack the waiver wire with these guys? I mean, to me, the the only three I'm really excited to potentially get is Higgins, Chenault, and probably Scotty Miller, just because uh, you know Brady seems to be looking for him, and they're also using him with a lot of deep balls. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he did those deep balls even with Evans on the on the field last week. You know, as I said before, we have a, a lot of people that play Dynasty that are listening. If T. Higgins and Chenault are on the waiver wire, you are not in a very good Dynasty league. Um, so that's probably not an option for you in Dynasty. Um, but Scotty Miller could be there. I've seen him on a lot of Dynasty leagues still. Renfro, two hit or miss for me, especially if we end up with Edwards and Ruggs coming back because then you're kind of in that five-headed attack. I mean, even without those guys, Aguilar was the receiver to play uh, this last week. I just think it's not consistent enough. Uh, Miller seems to be kind of third in the receiver pecking order. They just lost OJ Howard. They've had some other injuries at receivers, so that kind of gives him a little more appeal. But I would have him below. I'm with you that Higgins would be my my top option because he seems to be settling into the number two role in Cincinnati. I just don't know if you're in a dynasty format, there's little chance he's on your waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, for me, it's him. Uh, I'm saying on Chenault. I mean, Renfro kind of intrigues me just because we don't know when Brian Edwards and Ruggs are going to come back and, and they really only have him and Waller, but it would take, I mean, I'd have to be decimated wide receiver to go Renfro if I'm just being honest. Uh, at tight end, there's a, a couple guys here that are kind of interesting. So obviously Bobby Tanyan, the big guy last night, just rostered in 7% of leagues, Dalton Schultz, 32, Drew Sample at three, and then another interesting guy who will be playing this Sunday, David Njoku at 2%. How would you attack the tight ends? Uh, Tanyan's definitely the one that that I want, um, you know, because he seems to have a, a pretty solid role, and then probably Schultz. And then Sample and then Njoku. I need to see if Njoku can, you know, because in his absence, we've seen Bryant get some more run that they like. And it's not an incredibly high-volume passing offense. Will it become more high-volume with Chubb out? Maybe. But they also don't have an incredible matchup this week um, because the Colts have actually played pretty well. And, you know, they're going to play some tougher defenses. They had, you know... Is it going to end up now Now that Njoku's back? Just like the joke that we made about the Colts tight ends last week where all three of them play and they all get one or two catches? Yeah. That's, you know, even in a tough position, that's not really going to get it done. So if, if you have Njoku, you leave him on your bench and you're watching. If you don't have him, I'm not running out to pick him up. Sample seems like might have been a one-week wonder, um, so that would be further down. But Tanyan has had a pretty – a growing role in the offense. You're not going to get three touchdowns every week, but he's had kind of a growing role. They're looking for him. And with their wide receiver situation, I think he's got most chance of volume. He's of course on a buy this week. So if you need a tight end this week, that's not helping you. Um, Schultz, another guy, there's tons of options in Dallas, but they also are throwing a ton and they're playing the giants. So I don't think this is the week that their pass offense comes back to earth. So he's not a bad uh, grab either. Yeah, uh, Bobby Tanyan is the top one for me. Um, I call him Bobby Tanyan, by the way, for those of you who don't know, because that's what Aaron Rodgers calls him. He, uh, him, and him and Tanyan seem to have a pretty good friendship, which we've talked about on this podcast. I think everybody's probably talked about is a big thing when it comes to playing in that offense. If Rodgers trusts you, you're going to get the ball. Uh, Schultz is too for me as well, but I would take Njoku over Sample. In that first game, uh, he was targeted the third most on that team. He was targeted above Hooper. Uh, he was, uh, was it? I'm sorry, fourth. Landry and Hunt were tied, uh, but Odell highest targeted, and then Njoku with three does get the touchdown. They look for him in the red zone. 
Again, last year before he got hurt, it was the same thing. He was getting targeted uh, more than anybody other else on that team. He plays in a part of the field that I think they want to target. I love Hooper, but he is not the physical specimen that Njoku is. I think if he comes out there, Stefanski's already talked about how excited they are to get him back out on the field. We've seen the way that they've targeted Harrison Bryant over the past couple weeks. Uh, they just haven't been able to really get him that involved in the offense. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Njoku... In- Injuku. Injoku starts having the season that Dennis and I had talked about him having in the preseason. I, I do like Injoku. I think he has more upside than Sample. I think, you know, you just mentioned Sample could have been a one-hit wonder. I kind of feel like he is with the emergence of T. Higgins. I, I think if you're Joe Burrow, you're wanting to go to T. Higgins more than you are Drew Sample at this point. And Boyd has clearly established himself as the guy in that offense. I think Sample is like the third option, and that comes after going to Joe Mixon or possibly even Burrow running just to get out of the pocket because that offensive line is so bad. So for me, Sample is a guy I'm taking as the last shot. I think I'd rather take a shot at Njoku and his upside over Sample. All right, that will do it for waiver wire stuff today. We'll be back on Thursday to talk, uh, what is it, Bucks and Bucks Bears, Bears, right? Yeah. Bucks and Bears. Nicole's uh, next lost. Hopefully we will have Mr. Tony with us to talk about Colts Browns this week. That'll be a fun little talk. Uh, I did not forget about the Alvin Kamara thing. So these were all of the names that put in or subscribed after we put uh, after we put the tweet up there. So they will all be in for that. So just kind of showing is that showing on the screen, by the way, I'm like not being our, our stream yard thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that was all the names just showing you guys that everybody gets the one, the same thing, one shot at getting it. I didn't want to give anybody any kind of increased odds or anything. So here we go. And Oh shoot. Sorry. Did that just mess up? I hit the wrong button. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So we'll share that and Jason. So Jason, congratulations. You won the signed Kamara Jersey. Just go through everybody. Sorry. I'm sure you guys probably don't care where you guys were on there, but Oh no, I forgot somebody. Okay. i take that back. We need to, we need to re-rack this. I apologize. Let's back up really quick. Ignore that. Um, Jason's hoping dreams just, just went. I know. I'm so sorry, Jason. I really feel bad now. I messed up the name. It was not Michael. It is, it is Phil. I'm sorry, Phil. I'm sorry. Cause I know how much you've wanted to win this. You were talking about this. Okay. I, I changed it. It's good. It's really going to suck now because poor, poor Jason may have just been all excited about winning a Kamara jersey. I, Jason, you are now the spotlight of uh, this show. Uh, and oh. Hang on. Hang on. Let's see here. Let me let me do this. Let me make sure this is good before I do this. <laughs> I messed this all up. I feel so bad. For those of you who watch the college football show, I do this all the time. And it's so bad. I messed this up so much. Okay. Let's try this now. Here we go. Okay. Jason, I'm sorry. If you don't win this, I will hook you up with something free it's probably not going to be another kamara jersey unfortunately but you know it is what it is at this point god i feel like such an asshole now too this is so bad all right here we go is the name that comes up going to be matt bruning no i'm not on the list here i can pull up the list here let's go back no i'm kidding okay well i gotta keep this keeps messing up oh no no ha i got it fuck you all right here we go Everything should be right now. So, okay. So, as you can see, I'll even put it up on the big screen here. So, it makes it a little bit easier. So, that's got everybody's names, everybody that put in for the uh, the jersey after I posted that tweet. So, as you can see, no Matt on there. And I didn't know um, number 11 there. He didn't give me his actual name. So, I'm going by his Twitter handle of Tiger and Wally because I didn't know who that was. But if you, hey, you, you know who you are, Tiger and Wally. So, if you win, I will be reaching out to you. All right, so let's actually get this going. So submit. Should we? Should we? Should we mess around with it a little bit? Let's go. Oh, no, 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 no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mark. Hey. All right. That's not bad. I like Mark's always in here. Uh, Cowboys fan, I believe. He's always in here commenting. So congratulations, Mark, if you're watching. 
got the Kamara jersey. I'm so sorry, Jason. I I feel like such an asshole now. Like I I messed that up so bad. I I, I do feel bad. Um, reach out to me too, Jason. I'll, I'll get you something, man. We'll figure something out. I I'm you know that's that's on me. You deserve something as well. If I'm it being should honest. be a, that was a fr- framed poster of the Spotlight team accepting their Academy Award. Yeah, mean. yeah. I mean, uh, no. I'll be serious. It, it, reach out. I mean, fuck. If if it's something where you feel like you're owed the Kamara jersey, I'll figure out a way to get another one and I'll get it for you. But man, I, I do apologize because that's yeah, that was my bad. I messed that up. But Mark, if you're if you're watching, congratulations, man. You've all you've been an awesome fan of the show. You you've all you've I know you've been in here watching and kind of chiming in here and there. So I appreciate it. And yes, he is awesome. All right. Congratulations, buddy. We're we're happy for you. Send me a DM on Twitter with address or wherever you want me to send it to. I'll get it shipped out here. Hopefully today or tomorrow. It's dependent on my wife because she's the one who sends all that stuff because she works at FedEx. Jason, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I butchered that badly. Can you imagine? He's probably sitting there watching it and being like, hell yeah, let's go. And I'm like, oh, no, I messed it up. Is it just me or do you look a little bit like Adam Gase today? I do, I do. I've got a lot of that going on. The there we go. All right, so. <laughs> you did that. I think too good. Never do that. Again. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, we'll be back again on when. Uh, I'm sorry, on Thursday, guys. Everybody have a great day. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. You got your popcorn ready. I came out the womb wide ready. And he's hit the end zone. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!